0: you look at some you know kind of messed up bugs that are floating down the river they're probably not perfectly symmetrical and perfectly tapered and you know the stuff that you think looks good to you is may not be what looks good to a fish right
1: (laughs) all right guys we're back. It has been a long time. Been a while since we've released a podcast, and it's been a while since Adam's been on. We got a little busy. We got a little busy. Both of us got a little busy with yep. some things. Yeah,
0: it's that you guys are going to see about.
1: Yeah, we've got we've got a lot of cool stuff in the works, and we actually just got back from a bull trout trip up in Idaho, kind of in the back country up yep. there, which was so much fun. We actually recorded a podcast this morning about that trip. Yep, but with, that's not going to come B. out. with Bryant. Brian's not here anymore. Yep,
0: going to be released with the video, right?
1: With the video, which will be in September, kind of mid-September, hopefully. Perfect. And yeah, we've just been grinding. We have been on videos and other projects, yep. and just have not made have not been able to make time for the podcast, unfortunately.
0: Well, hopefully, uh, kind of in the off fishing season,
1: for not fishing as much, maybe we can do some more podcasts this winter. It's so funny and so ironic that I get so busy. Like I guess both of our businesses are so busy in the summer and yes. I'm filming the majority of my videos when the fishing is the best, right? Which is in the, in the summer. Yes. Which also means I have to edit in the summer. In the so, summer. So it's like, <laughs> dang it. I, I, I don't know. I got to figure out a way to just film everything and just say, guys, I'm not going to release a video I'm not for releasing this. this later. <laughs> Give me a month yeah. to go film fish. And then in the winter. But it's just well, yeah. I mean, we're the
0: we're the busiest in the summer. People are buying flies, get stuffs. Yeah, happening. You guys been crushing it. Yeah, just been crushing it and having having a lot having a lot of sales. But you know, all through the summer and then in the winter, it's kind of like, well, what are we doing? What
1: do we do? <laughs> Always, out but, of I mean, there's so
0: much game. I mean, there's so much stuff that you got a game plan. I mean, yeah, we're, I mean, we're never slow, but definitely our orders slow down. Yeah, but, yeah, crazy.
1: Yeah. So we're finally back, and we wanted to do an episode. I know last time I was here in Salt Lake, we talked we did a Q&A podcast, and we one of the biggest one of the things we said was we wanted to do a tying podcast, kind of yep. on tying, fly tying, and uh, you guys really wanted to hear that. And so I am someone who does not tie that much. I'm a very novice tire, you too <laughs> 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 Yeah yeah. Blue Blanco is just you know. You don't do do novice company, novice company, but I don't do much tying. So I thought it'd be a good opportunity for hopefully me to learn. And then also you guys learn as well on some of the stuff that Adam has done over the years. I mean, I'm not a dummy. I know a little bit, but (laughs) I'm kind of a dummy.
0: Not saying I'm the authority on fly tying, but I,
1: yeah, I tie a lot of flies, I guess. you Tie a lot of flies. I've seen (laughs) your office. (laughs) (laughs) It's a mix of a camera and computers and yeah. (laughs) fucking <laughs>
0: materials just all over the place everywhere i i actually got a comment the other day someone uh had a bunch of uh loose bucktail in a not a bunch but like some loose bucktail in a package that i sent them <laughs> <laughs> i got a comment about that nothing mad they were just they just thought it was funny there was a bunch yeah. of loose bucktail that had this gotten stuck it. to one of the uh, one of the flies they'd ordered. Yeah. And was like, man, I thought the fly was like coming apart for a second until I realized that that was just something left over on your desk from
1: when when you just finished tying and you got all this whoop,
0: whoop, Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. Next order. (laughs) Order up.
1: Whoopsies. (laughs) Oh, squirmy material. Uh, (laughs) but I think, think kind of starting like from the top. So, you know, someone that's completely new to this new to fly tying, um, you know wh- well, it's like a good starting point where do I start I want, I'm interested you know I'm starting to get into fly fishing or maybe I'm not into fly fishing yet and I, I just want to get into to tying and how, yeah. do, how what do I know what should I, where should I start
0: I, I, we get that question asked a ton so I, I've answered this one quite a few times um, and just even before I go into that one thing that I think is interesting is I actually have quite a few people that reach out to me that like to tie flies but don't fish which I don't know how many of you guys are in that camp, but more than I thought because I really thought the natural progression of everything would be, you know, you start fly fishing, you start getting a little better, start wanting to tie your own flies and then just kind of keep that progression going. But uh, I've got people who don't fly fish, aren't really that interested in fly fishing, but just enjoy tying. And I answer, I answer that question quite a bit like, Hey, I'm interested in getting in tying. Um, So, I mean, the first place to start is to get the correct materials and the tools that you need. So, we get asked a lot, like, what What do I buy? What toolkit? What big? Is there a good kit to buy for tying flies? Um, The answer just is no. There's not. There's not one on the market that I'd recommend Um, for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, I mean, obviously, I love tying streamers, but that's not just big streamers. That's, uh, you know, I fish a lot of warm water species. Nobody that I know of makes a warm water species fly tying kit. So, all the fly tying kits that you see from Cabela's, Bass Pro, they're all uh, trout specific. And on top of that, they're, you know, more like tying a Copper John or an Adams or maybe a Pheasant Tail, not... It may not even be, or maybe a woolly booger is pushing it for a lot of these kits. So I, I don't like a lot of the kits. I think that you could do a whole lot better by getting the tools that you need and nothing that you don't. And the materials that you need for each individual fly that you want to tie. And then eventually, you'll start getting those materials built up to where... I mean, as you see, a lot of these fly recipes use a lot of the same materials. A lot of nymphs use, use a lot of the same materials. A lot of the dries will use same materials. A lot of streamers use same materials. So uh, kind of just start getting a vise, getting the tools you need, and then buying the materials to tie a few patterns to start with, maybe even one pattern to start with. At the time, and then just start building it up from there. Get comfortable tying that woolly booger. Maybe then try woolly booger that's a, a different size with a different color. And then maybe try tying a clouser, you know, just for examples, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the best way to do it. The other good thing with that is that, you know, I know obviously you talk to a lot of people, get asked a lot, you know, while I'm trying to ball over here on a budget, help me out. Like I want to get into fly tying. Obviously the you know the entry barrier is a little expensive cuz just like with fishing though, you know, you got to have a rod, reel, line before you ever can go fly fish. Same thing with tying. You got to have a vice, the tools, the materials before you can ever even tie one fly. You've bought quite a bit of stuff. Um so my best recommendation for that before you buy anything is to either try to borrow or uh, try to go to an event where maybe there are some people fly tying. Maybe it's a trade show near you. A lot of these trade shows, uh, fly fly fishing shows, will have some signature tires. Maybe it's your local shop might have some tying nights. I know when I worked at a shop, we had some fly tying evenings. You could go take a class. Or even at that point, maybe there's just a beer evening or or something that a local club is doing near you that has some fly tying going on one evening that you can maybe go watch, go join in on, or ask a friend, maybe post something on Instagram. Like, hey, reach out to someone on Instagram in your area. Hey, man, I'm looking into getting into fly tying. Would you mind if we just did a quick fly tying night? I'd love to give my my hands a, a, a shot at tying flies before I just go buy all the gear. So it's one of the things I hear a lot is, you know, the cost of entry is a lot, and I do, and I to do something I've never even done before, yeah. right? It's not like, oh, hey man, can I just borrow your fly rod? Or hey, let's go fly fishing, and I've got a spare rod. Um, you know, most people don't have a spare vice and a spare of all the tools and materials for you to go tie your own flies. So uh, that'd be one of my biggest recommendations: reach out to a local club, local shop, any something like that, and see if they have a tying demonstration to go to. Um, one of the biggest things that I have against those kits is that the vices are all terrible. As good of a fly tire as I am, I still have trouble tying on those vices that that come in those kits. I used to have to do it for teaching classes and stuff, because we tried to, at the store that I worked at, we tried to sell people subpar kits. I didn't like to do that. And so I've told people how terrible the vice was in the class. <laughs> um, but I tied on it during the class. And, you know, the little C-clamp with the little thing that just sticks up. Yeah. You've, you've probably tied on yeah. one with the little arm where it's just like Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Terrible. Um, but it's it does cheapest spin, It's the cheapest thing on the planet. Those cost like $20. If, if you try to get into fly tying, you're going to get extremely frustrated, I think. Personally, at least the way that I operate, I would be extremely frustrated. With that, and it would make me want to quit tying flies, because even as I mean, I'm not saying again, I'm I'm and I'm not the best fly tire on the planet. My flies work, but there's definitely not. I'm definitely not the resident expert on how to do everything the best in fly tying. But but,
1: but that's a good a good point. Is you don't you know you these flies we always run into this. These flies don't need to be pretty, right? A lot of these flies they, just need to look decently. Buzz need to work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They so just need to catch fish. You don't need the perfect looking bug <laughs> right. every time. Or bug oh yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely a
0: point we'll get to for yeah. sure. Yeah, um, but don't you're wasting your money on those kits. The twenty dollar you know vice that comes in those kits is, is is a joke. Hop on eBay, Google whatever used vices. Try to pick up a decent vice. Uh, it's it's going to be the most expensive piece of fly tying, a uh, single most expensive fly tying thing that you're going to have, is a vice. And the good ones, you're going to hate it, they start around $100, which is, it's unfortunate, but it's the way it is. I would not recommend anybody use those 20 to $30 vise, the little C-clamp table vise. It doesn't, it's not worth your money.
1: It's not worth it because I feel like even if your budget is very low, you're going you're gonna to buy that. And it's not going to do anything for you. You're going to waste. You're, you're going to have to buy another one eventually.
0: Right, right. You're going to so. waste that $20, $30 that you did spend on that vice. So
1: maybe wait a couple weeks, save yep. up a little more money from yep. your job. Yep. And then go and buy the nice one. So <laughs> then once you have
0: that, the other thing that I love about instead of buying a kit, most of these kits cost $150, $200 for everything. It's a lot more manageable if you start out and just buy it all individually. And I don't think you're getting a very good deal. I don't think the discount is very good. Buying it all is a kit. You buy the vice for $100 to $150. The best best starter vice is the Renzetti Traveler. Hands down, it is the best starter vice. I think it's $160, $150. You might be able to find it with a coupon for a little bit less, something like that. At a local fly shop, might have a sale or something. But that's the best starter vice. So get a good vice, but then... Instead of spending $200 on a kit, you spend $150 here, maybe next month, maybe next paycheck, you just set aside a little bit. Next time, you go buy your tools. You can, I mean, you don't have to go buy the most expensive tools. You can buy a very basic bobbin. I mean, is, again, just going back to me, nice bobbins are nice. Don't get me wrong. But I can tie just as good of a fly on a cheap bobbin as I can an expensive bobbin. Uh, Bobbin is the, Th- holes your thread
1: I think I like I like the ones that you can control the ones that I have the one oh, that I have oh, yeah. that you can control the the pressure the I guess. Tension. the tension yeah. that you can you can loosen it you can tighten it if you can just find one of those I don't think there's a huge difference between yeah if, especially if you're starting out between a decent one and a really nice one right right I agree 10 dollar $10 bobbin uh, those right bobbins
0: are great that's the best probably the most famous adjustable tension bobbin out there would be the right bobbin r-i-t-e if you can find one of those maybe maybe even you know again on sale maybe amazon something like that it's got a good deal on them i don't know uh check your local shop they might be able to hook you up with one support your
1: local shop don't support support Amazon. support your local shop (laughs) Uh, but you know but you
0: know if you live like out in the middle of nowhere and you don't have a local shop there, yeah, maybe Amazon's got them for a good deal, something like that.
1: I will say, uh, my friends at Do South Outfitters, shout out to them. I know they have offered in the past discounts for people, and they'll help you build a kind of a kit like you're talking about yeah. for what you need exactly. And so, no matter wh- who you're, where you are in the country, I think reaching out to your your local shop and yes. saying, "Hey, I want to start tying these," or go in there. I think they'll help you out and pick yeah. out like a kit, so to say. Yeah. Instead of buying just a exactly, kit. tell
0: them tell them what your favorite flies are. Walk in and say, "Hey, man, I love fishing the purple haze." Yeah, I need the stuff. Type that's all haze. I fish. I mean, that's the only thing you need to fish. Mm-hmm. That's honestly the only fly. Really, everything else is a, is just a joke. Mm-hmm. So, um, should we just end this then right now? Yeah, all right, Kay. guys. We'll see. see ya. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it, if you go into a local shop, any of the any of the people I think would be extremely. I know if I had someone come in, I mean, I'm obviously very. Enthusiastic about fly tying, but if I had someone come in and said, "Hey, man, I'm interested in fly tying," I would always be like, "Yes, here we go. I got one. I got. I could. I love doing this. Um, yeah, but I mean, m- most of your local shop would be more than happy to help hook you up with the, with the gear that you need to start tying the flies that you will fish. That's the other thing is you're going to get so many materials in one of those kits that I would never ever use, and if Part of it is because the quality of a lot of it is terrible mm-hmm. because they cut so many corners building those kits that you might buy. That you, uh, I mean, I wouldn't use either because I don't like the product. The quality is terrible, or it's the wrong color. It's all the bargain. The stuff they put in there is all the stuff that's not really going to get used or get sold or whatever. Because I don't think leftovers. You,
1: it's hard to un, it's hard to know when you just get a kit. Like, what do I do with all this? Yeah. You you get all these random materials. And you're so overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. There's so much stuff in there. And they give you such little packages that Mm -hmm. the stuff that is good that you need, you could tie two or three flies of. Yeah. I remember I saw the store company that I used to work for (laughs) had a kit that I used to see every once in a while. And it said, like, on there, oh, you could tie clouser minnows, right? Which, great. That's what we need to tie for bass i want to learn that's like the number one fly that i think you should learn how to tie the one of the first streamers you should go to clouser minnows the bucktail section that they gave you was so much garbage that you just needed to buy another bucktail the and throw away what came in it it was so bad, yeah. And if you're if you're trying to, I mean, I just know myself, right? If you're you're already kind of frustrated, you're like, man, this is, you know, I mean, the learning. Int- I mean, like I said, the entry level barrier is tough. So you're already frustrated. You're trying to get this thing to look right, and I mean, I know I, we shouldn't. We're going to go into it, but like, you shouldn't compare the flies that you see to the stuff that you see on Instagram or the the videos of how to tie something you watch fly tying video you shouldn't compare your flies to it but you're going to everybody does yeah and you're looking at your clouser minnow and you're like man that looks so bad why is (laughs) and then you're frustrated and you're mad but half of it might even be because the bucktail that they gave you in that kit is just garbage yeah that i would look at and i'd be like no just throw it directly we're not gonna like i'm not even gonna use that yeah so that's my two cents. I'm just one person. that's my personal opinion <laughs> that's that's where i c- that's where I started. That's what I used to tell people when I worked at a shop that when I used to try to get people into fly tying just because I love the sport I love fly tying and I'm extremely passionate about fly tying yeah that's what I would recommend to people that's I've had a lot of people i think come back and be really really happy that that's what they did
1: i think when you when you're starting out too and this is with anything, but especially with fly tying, it's all about those little victories. You know, so if you go in trying to tie a big articulated streamer as your first fly, don't do that. You're do gonna be so that. overwhelmed. <laughs> do not do you're that. You're gonna quit very very yes. quickly. That's yes. I started trying to tie I think woolly buggers, which wasn't bad, but not it was a, a not it was a bad starter. It was a big fly and yeah. and I think <clears throat> a little a little tougher to to get into when you're just just trying to figure out sure so i think sure you know start with some nymphs just start with some yeah. thread midges uh,
0: yeah a midge a zebra midge is going to be the best thing and it would cost you to get all the materials like six bucks maybe So cheap. and you you're could, gonna you
1: could whip out like a hundred yes with with
0: what you buy i mean your, your limiting factor on a zebra midge is going to be the bead the bead heads that yeah. you buy because they just come in t- packs like 10 or 25 right that's going to be the limiting factor on a on a zebra midge, mm-hmm. but you know you've got your thread, a hook, a bead, and then wire. And that's it. Yeah, you'll get used to doing that motion that that thread wrap motion. Watch some watch some beginner videos on how to how to do some of these techniques or
1: whatever. I think too. A lot of times when I started, I would wrap towards me, and um, and, and then yeah. I learned from <clears throat> some of my friends. You always want to wrap away, yep. which seems it seems like common knowledge, but. At the time, yeah. you're, Might you're not just, know. whatever.
0: I don't know. i figure this out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I guess, why do you think, probably should have gone into this first, but why do you think that flat people should get into fly tying? And like, why have you enjoyed it so much?
0: I feel like there's a little extra piece of a reward that you could get from catching a fish on a fly that you tied more than a fly that you purchased from a store. Um I mean even that being said I still buy a lot of flies. But um I I I think maybe it I think it makes you think a little harder about what you're going to fish. It makes you think about some stuff while you're sitting at your fly tying desk and not just when you're on the water. Like what kind of bugs are you trying to imitate if you're trout fishing? Maybe what kind of uh, of you know bait fish maybe are in your are in your creeks or what kind of crawfish live there? Mm-hmm. I think kind of gives you an, a little extra. Not it it almost forces you to become a little more knowledgeable about your fishery, which I think is cool. Um, and if you're if you're one of those guys, I mean, I'm not a big part of the fly fishing thing for trout, especially like the entomology and the bug life. I'm not big on all that. I mean, I see a caddis and that's caddis and I see a mayfly and that's mayfly, but yeah, you, know, you know, I, I can't, I, I can't tell you, you yeah. know, I can't tell you everything in the world about them. Um, mostly cause I don't fish them, <laughs> but <laughs> normal um, nymphs, only normal nymphs, uh, scormy worms hatch all year.
1: Scormy worms hatch.
0: All year. <laughs> um, no. So I, you know, I think, but it, it, but tying flies kind of forces you to think about a little more of that. Like, okay, I'm going to tie. I see a lot of caddis on my river, right? Okay, I'm going to tie some cased caddis. You know if you're seeing caddis flying around in the air, they're obviously nymph, caddis nymphs underwater. Whether you are looking down flipping rocks over or not, you know they're there. So, okay, great. I see a lot of caddis in my river. I should tie some caddis, or or I like fishing caddis, or maybe I've had just had success on caddis. So okay, great. I'm going to tie a couple different life cycles of a caddis. Maybe right, you tie a, a nymph and a merger and a dry fly of a of a couple different caddis. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it kind of makes you. It almost forces people to think a little more about the sport and about what the fish are eating.
1: Yeah. And when you're coming up with these these bugs, a lot of times, do you, are you, you know, I guess more so starting out because you know so much now, but are you are you seeking out, you know, ways that people have done in the past? Or are you just kind of looking at the bug and trying to think of what materials would work best that you have available? You know, I think there there's only a finite
0: limit. There's not infinite fly tying materials, right? There's a there's a limit on how many material on putting these materials together in this order to create a bug, and definitely I've created flies sitting at my desk, and then it turns out later, it's like nearly a identical copy to a fly that already exists. Um, so I, personally, when I'm doing it, I'm looking at what materials do I like. And what materials will create a look or a function or a form or a body or a shape, something like that, that I'm trying to accomplish. More so than, well, how does everyone else tie a caddis? I'm gonna tie a caddis that way. Obviously, if you guys, you know, you love fishing at elk hair caddis, that I mean, that fly just freaking works, right? I mean, we could all agree. Oh, yeah. Elk hair caddis is just, so just catch good. fish. Then great. Put together elk hair caddis. But but even then, what could be cool, I mean, I've seen a bazillion colors of caddis when I was on the river, right? You go out to Montana and you fish, that might be a different kind of looking and colored caddis than what you might see in North Carolina. I'm sure you mm-hmm. have experienced that. So well, that's just what I think is cool about fly tying is you could really dial in and be like, okay, the caddis that I have on my river are a light tan, they're not like the caddis gray or the brown or the black. The ones that I have are like almost like look like a moth, like tan. Mm-hmm. Well, great. Run over to the store, buy some tan colors, and then tie you up some caddises that are the exact color and size of the ones that are on your specific river.
1: Yeah, I think it helps too if you take pictures. If you ever you know see bugs out there and you can grab yeah. them, take a picture really quick. Yeah, I've done that before for certain dry flies or. Even even bugs that I find under a rock or whatever, yeah, yeah and just, flip it over. Just and take gives the, you an idea. Pictures. Maybe maybe put your hand in there so you have a yeah. little reference of the size.
0: I, I tell you a lot of times, and and my wife has commented a a lot on my. I have so on my tying desk sits my computer for my you know my work computer. I don't have two separate like a a packing desk and a tying desk. Yeah, I yeah. Just have, I just have one desk that I do everything from so. Uh, I always, when I'm tying, if I if I'm tying, you know, kind of a trout pattern or maybe even like a crawfish or a bait fish, I always have on just Google Images. I'll just sit there and type in caddis fly, whatever, right, mm. and it'll pop up. And a lot of times, you'll see the caddis flies that they'll show. You know, will be fly lures. Um, I don't like to look at those when I tie. I don't like to look at flies when I tie. I fly fishing lures when I tie. it. Right. I like to look at the bug. So if I'm tying caddis or if I'm tying crawfish or if I'm trying to imitate a gizzard shad, I want to pull up a picture of that bug or that fish or that you know, salmon fly or whatever, whatever I'm trying to do. And I'll have a real life, like more of a scientific image of that bug and I'll try to replicate that. Um, And that's, personally, that's what's worked for me. Yeah. That's good. But starting off, I mean, if you're, you know, obviously that's not very good beginner advice, I guess. If you're starting off, you know, pull up a picture of, or or just go go run out to your shop. I mean, still, I can't tell you how many flies I buy. I buy so many flies. Run out to your shop and just buy the flies that work for, for what you're using them for. Like if you love if you, say you're gonna go fish the salmon fly hatch, or or you could Google them if you don't want, if you don't have a local shop that sells them, Google okay salmon fly fly fishing lures, and just high some of the recipes and see what they see what they look like see what they see what looks good, mm-hmm. before you just you know go out to Idaho and fish the salmon fly hatch or Montana, but. Probably wasn't the best beginner advice, what I just gave, as far as what I do, but you did ask me what I do. That's what I
1: do. Yeah. No, no, that's good. So, I guess, besides, obviously, a vice, when you're going in and you want to get some begin, you're wanting to start getting some materials, right, to to get going in fly tying. Well,
0: tools. You'd have your vice and tools. Yeah. Uh, So, you're saying what? Yeah. So, what what
1: what other tools do you think are really essential that you use and why do you use them or what do you use them for
0: so essential you need a bobbin that's the piece that holds your thread right right you know that we already covered that you need a really good pair of scissors by really good i I, I, like i don't mean you have to go buy the 70 dollar pair of fly tying scissors 15 20 bucks is fine but have put the money like you you cannot use craft scissors or you know you can't use some scissors from walmart you do have to buy fly tying specific scissors uh dr slick makes some great ones that are pretty budget uh loon also makes a fantastic budget pair Mm -hmm. of scissors as well buy the a budget pair of scissors 20 bucks is all you need um i really like to have a pair of tweezers I use a twee—I use tweezers for a lot of different things. That's a good one. You can just pick up from Walmart. From the, uh, I've spent a lot of time in the women's makeup section at Walmart. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Just pick them up at Walmart for a dollar, however much pair of tweezers is. That's a good one. Uh, great for picking up hooks, little beads, little materials, separating some things. Especially if you're working with midges. Yes. Yes. Fantastic. So gra- grab you just a cheap pair of pl- of uh, tweezers. Um, I like to have a you already you already have them but i use them quite a bit uh the pliers the, uh, just hemostats or pliers whatever you might use you probably already have a pair of you know everybody makes a pair of them. yeah the little the hook remover pliers that you'd have mm-hmm. in your fly Force, tying. forceps forceps there you know whatever um i have a pair i just keep a pair of those on my tying desk i end up using them for a lot of different things another one i use a ton is called a bodkin it's that that's the needle a lot of them have a little grip with a just it almost looks like a really skinny nail. Almost. Um, I have a and yeah, that's for I you can use it as a dubbing pick, you can use it just to separate out some materials or legs, poke holes in foam. It's not, it, there's not one specific use that a bodkin does. It's just it. I use it for a lot of different things. If you're wrapping hackle and hackle's getting stuck, you can use that bodkin to pick it out. If you're making a rope or anything, a little bodkin is a is a fantastic piece. Um, we don't have to go in. Uh, we can go into a separate thing later if you guys want to. But like, I also made a fly tying tool myself that I use quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it is a popsicle stick. Oh, that I have super glued. On one side a piece of velcro, and on the other side, a magnet. So just a it's a popsicle stick, about this big. <laughs> velcro on one, magnet on the other. The sticky side of the velcro, not okay. the, the, the coarse side. Um, Is it the soft side? There? No, not the soft side, the hard the, hard, the rough. Okay, the rough, rough side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the little magnet helps you pick up beads, hooks, little stuff, especially if you tie a lot of small dries or little midges and things like that. Um, the velcro side helps to kind of brush things out with hairs, loose hairs, things like that. You can really brush them with that. That's again another cheap tying tool that you could make yourself. Just get a little piece of velcro somehow. Uh, and get it on something you could utilize there are some companies that make a tool that is exactly what i just mentioned i just have a popsicle stick cheaper cheaper handmade handmade diy the (laughs) diy i stained the popsicle stick i mean i sanded it down (laughs) (laughs) um but uh just trying to help you guys you know pinch some pennies out there um but that's still what i use i like it better than better than anything you can buy um Another uh, let's see another another thing that I, I like to have I don't because I, I do spend quite a bit of money on scissors having a really nice pair of scissors is big for me I would have that craft pair of scissors that a cheap shitty pair of scissors. Mm-hmm. you could buy a pair from Walmart you could buy a pair from whatever but if you say uh, for example if you're tying up some zebra midges, you need something that'll clip that you want to maybe cut that wire with. That right. are not your nice scissors, right? Or uh, what I use a lot for that would be a, a wire, a wire cutters. I found a little cheap pair on Amazon that was like four dollars. Local Home Depot or Walmart, I'm sure we would have something similar. Just ones that are kind of spring loaded that you you know you just clamp and then they open right back up. They're mm-hmm. wire cutters is all they are. But I use those for cutting rough materials like you know wire, um, hackle. Off of you know, if you need to cut a hackle stem, I'll just use those instead of scissors. Uh, you know, e- obviously, every single time you use those scissors, they get duller. So I like to utilize those scissors. At least myself, I spend a lot of money on scissors. So you keeping those scissors as sharp as possible is big for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you need a pair of hackle pliers unless you use a lot of really small hackles, things like that. You'd have to, you'd have to figure that out yourself. But I don't think you need a pair of hackle pliers to start. I've used for years, and a lot of times, if I ever do a tying demo, I forget those. I don't. I don't ever remember to bring them. So uh, I have them on my desk. I have a pair that I do like. I use them so infrequently that I don't think you need them. Last would be your whip finish tool. Uh, So that's obviously for you guys that may not know. You tie the very end of your fly. You tie a knot called a whip finish to finish the fly with. Um, this tool just helps you tie that because it's a pretty complicated knot. Um, and a whip finish tool would be the last thing that I might that I might have.
1: A lot of my guide buddies will just do it with their hands. Yeah, do it with their hands. Yeah. Or
0: uh, <laughs> a half hitch as well, which is just making an overhand knot where you make a loop around the fly Uh, if you just look up an overhand knot or how to tie, how to fly tie a half hitch, uh, you can certainly do, you know, maybe two to three half hitches and then just a little dot, of super glue or glues or whatever to Mm -hmm. finish it off. If you don't have a half or a whip finisher, you're not sure how to use one. Got it. So pretty basic. Yeah. I mean, that's not very, that's not a lot of, that's not a lot of expensive tools, but that's what I would have to start. And then I would add to that as you need it.
1: Yeah. Just to get, have your base, at mm-hmm. least, to start. So you kind of have an idea of the tools. You kind of have an idea of what you need just for technology-wise to t- to start tying. Yep. So, what we'll, you know, I guess now going into more, all right, I, w- I want to start tying. What, sh- what sort of materials should I be tying based on whether I'm tying dry flies or streamers or nymphs? Yeah. You know, like... I think it's all tailored to what you're trying to tie, but what do you think? I guess let's go through nymphs. I think we're going to go through the best yeah, material. nymphs, streamers,
0: and dries. Like the that five best sense.
1: materials, I yeah. say to start Yeah. for nymphs, and we'll go to dries, and then we'll go to streamers.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I get, that asked, I get asked that a ton. So, yeah, I'd love to answer that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the, for the dry flies, if, if you tie a lot of dries, you need uh, a deer or an elk hair. A lot of flies utilize a deer or elk hair wing or a, uh, you know, the 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 floaty part of yeah. your dry flies. Um, you can do a lot of different things with it. Elk hair caddis, you know, uses utilizes elk hair, deer hair and elk hair. It's pretty. I don't know. So, some of you guys may, especially the dry fly nerds that might be watching this, are going to disagree <laughs> with me. I use deer hair. I don't. I don't ever buy elk hair. I just use deer hair because I have so much of it for streamers that mm-hmm. I just mostly use elk hair. Just or deer hair, and then I just use float. Elk
1: hair is pretty hard to work with, isn't it?
0: it? Sometimes it's a little longer. It's kind of expensive. the The hairs are generally more hollow, so it like is technically should float better. Meh. Nah, yeah. I've yeah. got so much deer hair. Yeah. I just used deer hair. <laughs>
1: well, there you
0: go. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, deer hair or elk hair, if you guys, you know, specifically, you, like, if you're like, man, I love fishing stimulators and elk hair caddis and things that have a deer hair or an elk hair wing, maybe buy that little swatch of elk hair. But I'd buy, you know, something along those lines. I think deer hair is more versatile across fly tying world than elk hair. But I'd have that. Uh, definitely maybe a couple colors of dubbing. I love dubbing because it's cheap. You can buy, you know, a little package of dubbing is only a couple bucks. It adds up when you still, if you add a bunch of it to yeah. your cart on the on your fly fishing website. <laughs> but uh, I would have a couple colors of dubbing and the stuff that, in the colors that you like to fish. You know, do you like to fish a purple chubby? I'd have some purple dubbing. Do you want to fish like a gray, you know, kind of that natural colored atoms, have that, you know, natural gray colored dry fly dubbing. Um, I would have some dubbings of my favorite colors that I like to fish. Yellow, I fish a lot, you know, yellow stimulator, that's a really, that's one of my go-tos. Classic. Uh, a yellow Grade dubbing.
1: Tra- or what do you call it? Target? Yeah, a, tracking, a tractor pattern. Tractor pattern, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So I'd have some of those. Um, I would have some foam. I'd tie a lot of dry flies with foam, not only because I'm lazy, but, I mean, foam foam floats, right? I mean, like, Really well, people at home. That's a that's a hot take for you guys at home. That's why you come to the Wildfly podcast. You're gonna get, you're gonna get hints like that.
1: That's that's why. <laughs> um,
0: I buy a lot of my foam from Hobby Lobby. I don't mess with the or Walmart, whatever. I don't mess a lot with the fly fly fishing foam. It works. It, it. I I don't know how much better, more durable it is on stuff like dry flies. I'm gonna lose a dry fly maybe in a tree before I ever. Yeah. Especially, I float a lot too, right? So, I, off my boat. If I cast a chubby in a tree, I'm not going to row halfway across a river, well, maybe, to go get it, right? I'm just probably going to, well, hopefully that comes off. Yeah, and if not... Nope, eh, whatever. Oh, well. So, I use a lot of Hobby Lobby Walmart foam. You could buy one sheet of thin, that thinner foam, and that would tie roughly 400,000 chubbies. <laughs> I don't know y'all y'all fact check me on that but uh I'd have uh, foam in whatever kind of color you like I've seen I've seen people use stiff foam on stimulators as the wing instead of elk hair caddis chubby is one of the best dry flies on the planet as we know mm-hmm. grasshoppers things like that I fish a lot of terrestrials beetles ants all that stuff utilizes foam what am I at three yeah You wanna add one? <laughs> so I mean I mean guess obviously what do you think? it's
1: pretty pretty basic, but you need thread. So mm. thread color would be probably something that you want to get, you know, the thread like what size thread are you usually usually using a thinner thread or a medium kind of thread or are you using a thicker what kind of thread are you usually using for a dry fly dry
0: flies? We we can go into it. We I was gonna bring up thread, we can go into it now. I only I only have two colors of thread. a uh, black and white. That's it. I never tie with any other color. Uh, I shouldn't say never. Sometimes if I'm doing something a little more advanced, a grasshopper or something, I tie with one color to thread. It's either black on a dark fly or it's white on a light fly. But white thread and a pack of Sharpies is every color of thread under the sun. So, so that's you, what I do. Do
1: you color your thread the whole time? No, as you go, because or? most
0: of the time your thread is covered by your materials. So right? You so you
1: wrap your thread... Color at the very really at the
0: very end of whatever you're gonna see, right? like you see a lot of stimulators that might have or nymphs, especially that have a hot spot, yeah, right, I'll use a white thread for that. We'll do the body, everything, we'll get to the end and say you're using hot orange or maybe a hot pink thread, right? maybe like a rainbow warrior, a lot of those might have like a big pink hot spot uh right at the very end, I would take a pink sharpie or like a red sharpie or whatever kind of color. Color a little piece of thread. Do a couple thread wraps, whip finish, done.
1: Nice. Yeah. I, dude, I, didn't
0: I only that use black and white thread. That's it.
1: That's smart. Budget budget friendly, too.
0: I've had a ton of colors of thread. I I at a at a point in my life I would go into a flash up, like, oh, that's kind of a cool color. It's like a gray green that kind of matches like maybe a grasshopper I might tie one day. <laughs> dude, all that thread just went bad and I threw, I literally, the other, when we were moving from Alabama to Salt Lake, I threw away probably $200 worth of thread. Yeah. I was just like, oh, this trash. Because <laughs> I bought it and never used it. Or maybe tied like two flies with a spool of thread.
1: Sometimes it goes bad, too. It'll yeah, break on it'll you. Yeah, it'll
0: break well. and get brittle. I don't mess with that. As far as sizing goes, I don't, I honest to God, I found a, I found a thread that I like and I don't use any thread that's not that. It, it comes in a couple denier sizes. So it uses the denier scale. If you're not familiar with it, just go small to big. Uh, 50 would be a small, 100, 150, 200 are the sizes that this thread is sold in. It's called Vivus GSP. That is the only thread that I use. Got it. And I have it, I have like probably fit 20 spools of each size in black and white downstairs. And that's it. Every Okay, a couple exceptions. My squirmy worms, I, I do have a couple spools of pink thread because the body on the bottom is, you're going to see all of that, right? So instead of using a pink Sharpie and coloring the entire thing, I do that. Um, my salmon fly, I do have an orange thread that I like for that because I do a segmented body. Same thing. Just take a lot of effort to go in there and Sharpie the enti- all the thread that you're... <laughs> Excuse me, gonna use for that.
1: Those are the ones from the first Idaho trip, right? Mm-hmm. Short yep. trip. Yep. That Those I do tie that with
0: thread. an orange thread.
1: <clears throat> Those are a lot different than the the ones that I've bought in shops.
0: Yeah, it doesn't actually look like a salmon fly if you yeah. look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it works though. It works. It caught some fish. <laughs> yeah, I mean there was stuff we couldn't there was times that we couldn't catch a fish that uh, that wasn't on the, on that fly. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's so cool but because we I remember tying you tying those flies, the very first short bus trip, on a Yeti cooler, <laughs> which was our, our tying mm-hmm. table, and on the tying desk. Now we've got I have a full blown tying station tying in the bus desk. that you guys will find out and see very soon. I'm so excited. It's, yeah. I'm so excited to have a real fly. We're moving tying up space. in the world, <laughs> we really are. We're re- we're really getting
0: really getting fancy over here. Have we made it? <laughs> That's how you know you made it. It's when your short bus has a fly tying table. <laughs> from um, the <laughs> yeah. So thread on those I, on for, per the Denier scale, I'd normally use like a 100 for those for mm-hmm. dries or nymphs. That's that'd be the thread. I don't know if we would include thread as a material. That's yeah, more of a yeah. this it's something, kind of you, something you just, just have to form. have. Um, I mean, I if you're starting the- out, I just buy a spool of each. They're not super expensive. I just have a spool of each.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Have a have a spool of black. Have a spool of white. Yeah, yeah. And then a pack of sharpies, which you probably have some
1: laying around, anyways. You probably have some. I definitely have some. Yeah. Super cheap. You can go buy Walmart. It Walmart. Yeah, it. Walmart
0: sells a, a five pack of sharpies that I probably buy five or six times a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um. So I guess it, again, so, it, it all depends on really the the flies. You know, obviously yeah. it's kind of general the flies you're trying to tie. But I, think I see, I think of simple ones as care Caddis stimulators, Chubby. Yeah. Maybe oh, some sulfur, some CDC. A yeah. lot
0: of stuff you said would be hackle. You need yeah. hackle for a lot of those. My favorite, I love grizzly hackle. Good grizzly hackle just makes me happy. Mm-hmm. So I'd probably you know say some hackle. You don't have to spend a ton of money on hackle, but you know get something that's pretty decent. Whiting's makes. They have a lot of different tiers, but Whiting's name. That's kind of like saying I bought the cheapest Ferrari. You know, like buy the cheapest Whiting that you that that works for the for the colors that you like. That's what I would do. Okay. Um, I'll use a lot of whiting's hackle stuff, or uh, if there's any just sort of dry fly hackle at your shop would be fine. Uh, so hackle would be my fourth, and then fifth. maybe some rubber else. legs or something. Yeah, some small rubber, small legs, rubber legs. Or, or I rubies. use I still use if you're if you're talking like a lot of very universal materials, which is one thing I liked to. To talk about for people that were trying to tie tie flies and getting into it is a is a material that you can use for a lot of different purposes. EP fiber because all of the wings that I do that's your stuff are is EP fiber the Hudson Caddis the Hudson Caddis
1: <laughs> in Idaho <laughs> oh it
0: always does <laughs> the Hudson Caddis has just been dirty this year yes Um and it's uh, it's got a lot of EP fiber in it. Uh, so I might do like white EP fiber. If you tie a lot of streamers, you probably already have it laying around. If you don't, if you're, I'm, when we get to the streamer section of this, that's going to be my number one, <laughs> be like some EP fibers. The white EP fiber floats super well. It doesn't hold water. It it absorbs any of that, any, we just call it grease. I don't, you, you call it, I think you call it something else. I'm like, like floating, floating. whatever. Well, we y'all just call it grease. <laughs> Kerosene, um, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that Loon Aquell is one of my go-tos. And, man, that EP stuff. It's laying around here somewhere. It's around here somewhere. <laughs> that EP stuff soaks it up so well and will just doesn't sink. So if you're going to do a chubby, you're going to do some wings, you're going to do something
1: like that. I love that. So that. you would do almost EP over elk hair or deer hair for, for a lot of your dries. Do you find that if, it's-
0: it, if it utilizes foam, I probably have e- I probably do EP over over it. Just like the chubbies, you know, the yeah. the white wings on the chubbies. I wouldn't tie a stimulator with it. I, I mean you could.
1: Yeah. I'm not saying you wouldn't, but I think it's more so with the caddis, at least you just need that some that puff almost for it to yeah. just Just floats. It just floats. Yeah,
0: that stuff just floats, and it's cool because it's like the white. I mean, I use the white a lot just because you see it well. But when it gets in the water, it's it almost. I mean, it still stays white, but it gets a little more translucent, Mm -hmm. and so it almost looks like wings too.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I love I I love EP fibers, and I I use a lot of them. A lot of our a lot of the flies that we sell use EP fibers in them, right? Well, you just
1: touched on streamers. Let's let's go into that. Streamers next. Streamers, and we do nymphs afterwards for EP fibers. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I use. I mean, they're different application, but I build a lot of bodies with them. You know, like bait fish, minnows, and things like that. You could tie a really cool clouser minnow utilizing those EP fibers, and that I mean, it doesn't tear up toothy fish. I don't know. So, hey, Enrico. Looking at you, man. I need some. (laughs) I need a plug here. Shout out. Uh, You need royalties. Yeah, need some royalties. If you see a
1: spike in sales after this podcast, that's what's happening.
0: (laughs) Anyways, use them a lot for a lot. Saltwater or bass fishing. I use a lot of EP fiber stuff. Just is is great for a lot of different things. I use a lot of of flash, but like not like flashaboo, like a polar chenille or. Um, there's there's a bazillion different types of flash that comes on a cord. You know what I'm talking about, where it's like a hackle, but it's flash. You synthetic.
1: I've probably seen it in the shop.
0: Estaz. You you know you've seen some things like that. Polar chenille or Palmer chenille or, God, I mean the, everyone makes a different version of it. Yeah, I really like those because it gives you a lot of. It gives you flash. It gives you movement. It gives you body. But it's all a hundred percent waterproof, right? Mm-hmm. Like just like you know, flashaboo, right? The just strands of flash holds no water. That stuff a hundred percent is just limp material. So you tie that in, won't hold water, has a ton of awesome movement. Uh, yeah. So after a flash, I would do marabou. Marabou just works for all sorts of stuff. Tails. I mean, it's the first thing you tie on the hook is for a wooly booger. Um, I probably don't use enough marabou as I should, but man, that stuff. I mean, it, there's certain materials that just catch fish, and marabou one of them. Um, and there's a couple different types of marabou. I'm not. I'm not going to go into all that. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, there's some that's better for wrapping, just like hackle, and I use that on a lot of my streamers that I've been tying recently. Uh, cool stuff. Um, and then, so what am my that's four. I Think so number five is schlopping. I love schlopping. we familiar, all love schloppen. You familiar, no, some schloppen no I'm very unfamiliar <laughs> so uh, it's a type of hackle you'd see that if you, if you oh your camera's doing is telling you something oh, it's in- we're good yeah we're good we're good okay past Scotty to future Scotty we good uh, <laughs> yes we're um, good love schloppen it is a uh, so if you're not familiar with schloppen uh, it is actually a poor quality hackle right if you've ever seen you bought some cheap hackle when you kind of pull the fibers downwards All a good like dry fly hackle will all like you can see each little individual fiber popping out schloppen when you pull it downwards they stick together it's got the barbules, and they all whatever another, and it all kind of sticks. But schloppen generally is bigger than dry fly hackle. Makes these big wraps, and because those like those fibers, instead of each one being individual, they'll stick together to create mm. like a a it'll it instead of just being a straight little piece, it'll be like a wrap like this, and it uh, as you wrap it, it creates a body. Um, and they're also thicker, and so if you're going to do like a tail, really popular thing to see on some some of these flies these days would be like a schloppen tail because it has a lot of movement, but they're pretty durable, so you'll see that tail can just kind of swim like this, and uh, it's popular on a lot of big bait fish patterns these days, but I love wrapping Uh, your R-fly, the schloppen booger, right? It utilizes schloppen instead of hackle, and so it gets this much bigger, thicker body on it from with no more material. Doesn't hold any more weight than a no, normal hackle feather would from a wooly booger, but it gives this big, thicker body to it, and a lot of lot of cool movement. Nice. Those would be my five streamers. I
1: feel like that's the one of the biggest things that you're really trying to accomplish with the streamer is is a lot of just the movement. Because I have friends mm-hmm. that will go up to. Some of the rivers in, uh, like the Watauga and South Holston, they'll just plug fish just for fun, and they'll fish these rapalas and stuff, mm-hmm. and, and they wreck. They absolutely yeah. wreck. No time, any time of day. Yeah. And I think it's because it has those crazy movements. Right. right. And so, with a fly, obviously, you're trying to, to achieve that. So, what what do you think? T- side tangent, but what what sort of, you know, techniques or materials do you think are really essential for having good movement with your streamer
0: flash i mean flash because it's limp you know you can shake it and it you know just kind of goes like this if you in the water um a lot of flashes a lot of like that slopping stuff because you can build that circular 3d body with it really easily by wrapping it Um, those filler flash that I said earlier, anything that has like a, looks like hackle that you wrap like hackle, but it's synthetic and flashy love those because you get a lot of that movement when you strip it, it kind of slims down and then it puffs out. Right. Right. Um, love it. Does it
1: push water? Doesn't push water very well, but it at least but has it has but it has movement. that movement, right, right. And
0: just like maribu Maribu doesn't push water, but it has that movement. And that's kind of funny that everything you just mentioned was on my top five list. Yeah, of yeah. Stuff that has that
1: good movement
0: to it, and that's yeah. what I like. Yeah,
1: because I remember one of the biggest things when we first went to Canada, and that's when we first you first came up with the Mima. Was you talked? I mean, this is a little different because. It does open up and close a lot, but it also has that deer hair head, which pushes a bunch yeah. of water. Yeah, and so I think
0: and those eyes, so you can get it. Yeah, get so it, it down. sinks.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like the Cooter Brown, but it has a little right. more movement and a little pushes a little bit more water mm-hmm. and sinks really.
0: Yeah, yeah. But anything like, oh, well, I guess I don't know. It's hard to do that without bucktail, but I I don't know. I like bucktail but I don't use a ton of bucktail. There you go. I there don't know. You I don't know. <laughs> there you go. So we I, got
1: we covered the the dries. We covered the general deal for for streamers. Streamers. Notes. I think all these are all, you know, just general materials you can get that yeah. you can get really creative with. Yes. And uh, And different colors, I'm kind of trying to pick
0: stuff, too, that laps over. Like we saw, you know, the EP was maybe on my dry list. It's also on my streamer list. Trying to pick some stuff that would, you know, kind of maybe overlap for you guys.
1: Right. So then going into nymphs. um, Pheasant tail. Yeah. Go for it.
0: Number one, pheasant tail. There are certain materials that fish eat. Pheasant tail is one of them. Fish just eat pheasant tail. I don't know what it is. I I don't care. I, it, you every freaking nymph that I've, I that's not true, but like, it feels <laughs> like every nymph that I tie has pheasant tail in it. It's the tail, it's the body, it's wrapped, it's tied in. It's the legs. I don't know. Like fish just eat pheasant tail, and that's just the short and sweet of it. It mimics the back so well, though. Yeah, just, it all it all just looks good, and there's no. Uh, I don't. We're. I'm not gonna go much into like synthetic, like versus the natural materials. These like right now. But there is no synthetic that replicates pheasant tail. Because the fibers are, I, I mean, they're microscopic on there. But it gives this look that's just so good. Mm-hmm. Yep. I use a lot of pheasant tail in my, in my nips, if you guys didn't just figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good, I mean, general base starting point for your tail. Yes. And yes. for your body, too. Yep. Yep. Love it. Um, dubbing. I mean, I'd probably go back to
1: dubbing. Because you any could sort use of, any sort of you know difference in dubbing
0: brand wise or colors or I might know. have some different colors, but that doesn't mean I mean we saw uh, one of the fish that uh, just for example I mean we were just on this trip as Scotty said uh, catching cutthroat one of the chubbies that did the best for me on our trip was one that I tied with the pheasant tail colored synthetic dubbing of uh, ice dub as it's called for any of you guys that do f- tie flies that are watching this or listening. Uh, it's a pheasant tail colored dubbing that stuff. I tied on a chubby and it wrecked last week. Mm-hmm. So it'd make an awesome collar for a nymph. You could use it as the body for a dry. I like a lot of materials that I could double duty for. Um, and then, uh, uh, is for, but generally, yes, there is a difference between like dry fly dubbing and nymph dubbing. Usually dry fly dubbing is a little lighter and almost wispy might be the word, but it's like a thinner kind of dubbing. It goes on easier to make a noodle with. That's a technique for making dubbing, if you didn't know. Um, it, it, it works a little different. Nymph dub, dubbing is going to be buggy. It's going to have a lot of loose, wild hairs going all over the place. But as you wrap it, that kind of makes it look just super buggy, as we say. It mm-hmm. makes it look like it's got legs and a weird body and just weird, you know, nymphs have these gills that sometimes are on their back. and That's what you like want, that, though. Little you fibers. just want it to look buggy. Yeah. And that's uh, that's what nymph dubbing does, I think, a little bit better is it makes the kind of those wild hairs going everywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there is a difference between nymph dubbing and dry dubbing, but uh, you know, dubbing to me is one of the best things you could have on a on a nymph list, I guess. Yeah. If I was going to go somewhere, uh, I'd have some some different kinds of dubbing. To tie my nymphs with. I mean that wire is so important yeah, in true. so many things. Whether it's, I mean, you're going to use it for your dry. A lot of dry flies utilize it. Stemi and caddis or two, D- uh, elk hair caddis and a stimulator, are two of the most popular dry flies that would utilize it as well. A thin or it's called like small, or they also call it brassy. B R. You'll see it from UTC brand. You'll see that's like the most popular wire brand. You'll see as labeled as small or br will be listed that's some of the most that's some of the best stuff you can have because as you wrap it around a body it helps really kind of hold a lot of those things in together Mm -hmm. um if you catch a lot of toothy fish brown trout or cutthroat generally have a lot of i mean it's pretty decent teeth i mean i know you i mean you know that Mm -hmm. They'll sometimes can they'll get you cut you up a little bit if you're digging in there trying to get one out of them um So those will just help, help your flies give a little more, uh, kind of durability as a, as a big pro on the flip side. But two, it also kind of adds that segmented look, you know, you've looked at some nymphs and you've seen how they kind of have like they're segmented down their, their bodies, maybe taper a little bit, something like that. And they, they, that, uh, that wire adds like a cool segmented look to it. So I really like that stuff. And
1: then again, it gives you a little bit more weight.
0: Yeah. Can help. Yeah. Helps with your weight too. I wouldn't put a lot of stock in that, but for sure. Well, it
1: depends. I mean, you could be tying say a girdle bug and you below your chenille, you just, you wrap a ton of wire if you want it really heavy. I've Cause I've done that before for for girdle bugs.
0: The, the wire that you would wrap, for like a girdle bug is going to be very different than the wire that you wrap for like a pheasant tail. Right, right. Because um, they do sell wire that specifically creates is just weight that you add in your fly. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so if you want to classify all that together, then freaking absolutely, wire would be one of my biggest ones. Copper wire for oh, you a said copper legs. John. That was your
1: third one, like rubber legs. Yeah, rubber legs for sure. But that, that. and then last one. What do you think is a is a good piece of material that you should you should look to get when you're in a flash out for for nymphs.
0: You Yo, know I I'm going to say this for as a beginner podcast as a beginner tire peacock curl. Peacock is just another thing. You cannot get a synthetic version of it. There's no synthetic peacock that works as good as peacock. And it's it, it's simply fish just freaking eat it. You wrap it. The core is is it can be a little brittle if you purchase cheap stuff, but the the core you could get from something synthetic. But it's got all these little pieces that stick out of it. So it's what makes it look like fuzzy. And peacock is just I fish just eat peacock as trout. Yeah, for or uh, you'll see peacock used in streamers too. And there's it's it's that iridescent that kind of got that cool color combo. It's modeled, it's shiny, it's flashy, but it's also just got like those fibers. It that's that stuff just works.
1: Mm-hmm. So peacock, sweet, yeah. I think be that my, that's my last. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think a good, especially for someone like me who. Who who has some tying experience but doesn't do it a ton? Yeah, and I think I think really you look at it for nymphs especially how simple it you can make it, and really it's thread a lot of times, and you can put usually you have a neck collar which yeah. is with dubbing, maybe you'll maybe you'll or throw some peacock. I see a lot of peacock, yeah, and then you'll have sometimes you'll have a pheasant tail off the back, some sort of tail. And if you want you want to throw some legs on there, yeah. or whatever. And I
0: mean most of the nymphs that you ever buy, you ever see, like a, a pheasant tail and a rubber legged pheasant tail. Or mm-hmm. a prince and a rubber legged prince. It's the exact same fly. You just add in rubber legs. Yeah. So kind of gives a little more versatility too. With only one more purchase, you can tie both a pheasant tail and a rubber legged pheasant tail.
1: Do you think that you
0: kind of go from like more of like a mayfly and a or maybe a, even a case caddis kind of look to like more of a stonefly look? Mm. Even only knowing one pattern, I know how to tie a pheasant tail. Well, great. Well, let's toss some legs in there. Kind of mixes a lot of different things up.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I think it's really cool how you kind of get a better understanding of the the bug life, and it's just it just really gives you a better understanding of why. Your why trout are eating the bugs that you're feeding them. Yes, and why yes. why like why they feed on what they feed on, versus you know go to a shop. Oh, this is there's a hot fly yeah. box, here's and I'm the, just gonna grab this one. Here's the bug it's working because you don't really realize how you you should fish it. You just you just yeah, you just. I remember going into shops and just being being like, "What do I use? Dude, they eat worms right now. They eat worms. Okay, great. Davidson River, they always eat worms, zebra midges. All,
0: all right, all right. Let me give you a hint." Fish eat worms. Okay,
1: go so home. Basically, that, you should have it. skipped all the way to here and just know all you need to do all is to know, wrap do some Fish squirmy worms. Eat worms. I can't believe you did not include that in your list the for squirmy worm material. The squirmy. <laughs>
0: I'm gonna include eggs <laughs> in the nymph section. No, uh, just some normal nymphs is all you need. That's that's all you need. But uh, no, I mean you're 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 exactly right though. I mean there's. <clears throat> It, I think it really makes you think more about, okay, I'm going to tie this fly or like why does this fly work? Or I'm going to tie this fly because I saw some caddis today or I saw some bait fish today. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really just kind of goes, I think it goes a long way. It just mm-hmm. opens, opens up your understanding and it almost forces you to open up your understanding of your local fishery. Maybe not even just your understanding of it, but you're, it, it makes you notice it almost more than just, okay, I'm just going to show up, and the dude at the fly shop said that they eat zebra
1: midges, and yeah. I'm
0: to throw some freaking zebra midges today.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: kind of just opens up your understanding, makes you think about it,
1: mm-hmm. and, and I think in, that's in, big. And every river system is different, but I think the more you fish different areas and the more you really try to understand these areas, more so than just... I'm catching a fish on this fly that I was told to use, the more that that'll help you then go into the next river system. Yes. And you'll, you'll start to connect things. You're like, oh, wow. These things aren't, you know, yes, it's a different fish. It's a different part of the country, but there's still fish. They're yeah. still eating nymphs. They're still eating dries. Yeah. They're still eating streamers. It's just maybe you adjust things a little right. bit based on that, right. that area.
0: Yeah. I, I love that. I love that.
1: And so one of the things that you, I've noticed that you're really particular on and you've always really i don't know i think i think what stands out about the blue line flies a lot of times and the ones that you tie are the hooks yeah so i think we should definitely talk about hooks yes. because <laughs> i would love to get your take on hooks and how you choose your hooks based on the flies that you're tying
0: i if i'm it just Hooks are, I mean, hooks are not that expensive. I mean, yes, qu- quality hooks cost more than cheap hooks. I mean, like another hot take from Blue Line Flies right there. <laughs> boom. Boom. Go home. Should You're we make done. this
1: a <laughs> subscription podcast?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think y'all should have to p- start paying for some of this information <laughs> I'm giving you. Um, I mean, expensive hooks are more expensive than cheap hooks. On the flip side, I, may, maybe it's just me. Maybe you know. I don't know. Whatever. But it's like if if I'm gonna spend the time, money, and effort to tie a fly, I'm not gonna tie something on just some cheap hook, like just some cheap like Orvis branded hook. Yeah. That you. you it just says nymph on the top of it, and you buy it, and it's in a just clear plastic bag. Like, I, I, and so what Scotty's saying, you know, for us, uh, all the hooks that we use are are expensive hooks. And all of the flies. I we I I told Steven when we were creating our company, I was like, if we cannot still have, you know, kind of the profit margins that we need and all these things with the right hook, then I'm not even, I'm not interested in creating Blue Line. That's not going to happen for us. Um, figured out a way to make it work, and, I, and, and it's great. But we use, we spend so much more money on hooks than other companies do. Because... Even though we're commercially tying a lot of our flies, we use things like Gamakatsu, A Rex, Kona, like just depending upon kind of the shape and the performance that we need. We're using the highest quality hooks that I would tie on my flies because I would not sell these folks a fly that I wouldn't put in my box and that I wouldn't fish myself. And the last, so. I mean, just the last thing that I would ever want to have happen is me hook up on a fish and it be a big fish Maybe be like, man, I hope that four-cent hook holds together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, I hope that... <laughs> That hook doesn't bend out. You only have to really bend out two or three hooks in your life before you're like, "Fuck that! <laughs> I'm not doing that." Especially anymore. if it's a big fish. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's uh, it obviously only happens on big fish, I guess, where it's where it's important. But still, like, I don't. That's the last. I mean, I, you know, I I'm worried about my tippet, and I'm worried about you know the different different things with the with the fish. Where did I hook it? You know, as I'm fighting a good fish. The last thing I ever want to think about is, man, I hope that hook doesn't bend out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we we do use a lot of I use expensive hooks because even though you know the the package might be a little more per hook, if you still break it down to the per hook kind of, you know, you only it's. It, a few cents more per hook. Mm -hmm. I know the package might be a few bucks more and you're like, man, I can cut a corner right here. It's not worth
1: it. So is it more the strength in the quality of the, the hook or is it the shape that you're looking for for different? It's both. It's
0: absolutely both certain flies. I need a shape because it's going to create, it's going to, it's going to do something different for the fly. Um, maybe for my dry flies, a, a fantastic hook example that is a real-life hook example between me and you. During Short Bus Volume 2... Two, right? Montana? Yes. Two? yes. Okay, great. Yes. Short there's Bus only,
1: Volume 2... There's only been two so far. It's so a good job.
0: Sure, sure enough. <laughs> sure enough. So, uh, Short Bus Volume 2. Remember that day on the Madison where the hoppers were just out and we were... Fish were just eating hoppers that day? But remember, we... Uh, this is a first world problem, guys. I'm, and I'm sorry for. I, we, I don't mean it to be like this, but here it comes. <laughs> we had so many big fish eat hoppers that day. Do you remember that?
1: Yeah. Well, I, we fished a different river. Oh, that, y'all and did Bryant. that way day. And, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, but okay. yes, you told us right. about it. Huge
0: fish. I mean, 20 plus inch browns eating hoppers. But they only would eat like the. They were kind of eating the hoppers that were that we saw. The hoppers we were seeing were tiny, tiny, tiny hoppers. And so the gap on those hooks that they were using, just they tied whatever size, you know, a four or a six. And they these were are scaling ones it you down bought from the shop. Because we bought them from the yep. shop. Because I personally did not have any hoppers that were that small because I don't fish dries. So.
1: <laughs> well? Well, i would made a difference. I'm coming around. I'm coming around to it. <laughs>
0: I tried it this year and actually it was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a little bit of a dry fly addict now, but, uh, the hoppers that I was buying from the shops were all these tiny microscopic little, the, these hoppers that were the smallest hoppers you could buy made of foam. Great. They floated awesome. But the hooks were these tiny little things and the, yeah, gaps the gap was, so, was small. so small and bad from every fly company. It didn't matter. Cause if I go in a fly shop, I'm, I'm not like, Oh, that's just, here's a hopper. I'm like, Oh, that's so-and-so's hopper. That you know, I I know kind of the flies, but I'm like, it doesn't matter what company I was looking at. Their hooks were garbage. I'm calling all of y'all out. If, <laughs> if you work at that company or you own that company or whatever, and you're listening to this, your hook is freaking trash on small hoppers. There you go. Fight me about it. We lost. We could not connect on these big fish. You'd you you'd pin them. They they'd give you like two head shakes and you'd come off. Yeah, that last stretch. I mean, it was on. It was it was on. And I lost six fish that were that were eighteen sixteen plus. I would say, being conservative, they were sixteen plus. Lost them because they were eating the smallest hopper on the planet, and all of them had the worst hook. So, so for that example, for that take away real life example for you that example my takeaway was well hell I am tying some hoppers with good hooks on them so you got to have a hook that has a gap big enough for what kind of what you're after obviously small fish sure if you're gonna f- catch a bunch of small fish small really discerning fish you maybe up in the smoke well I don't know the smokies and kind of Appalachians the fish maybe aren't as pressured if you're maybe you're trying trying to catch some fish in a more of a pressured area maybe you do need that little smaller gap hook but if you're trying to catch big fish on a fly you need a hook that's going to get in their mouth and get in their jaw and not just prick them you know i mean a 20 inch brown trout simply has a different mouth than a six inch brown trout does Mm -hmm. so picking a hook that's that's short that's short so that you can tie the small hopper but it's long enough with the gap. That's the difference between the shank, the side, you know, kind of the side to side part where you tie right, the fly, right. and the and the hook point is bigger, so that you could still catch a large fish on that hook. So it's still maybe a size sixteen or an eighteen, right? Hook, but it's just a little bit wider gap. Y- exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, I I pick shape. I'm very, I'm very worked up on shape, which is kind of is is one of the reasons why I kind of bounce around. Which is why, with some of our flies, you might see A-Rex hooks on one fly and Gamakatsu hooks on another. Is because A-Rex, I mean, and it's not any of their fault. It's impossible to make that many shapes of hooks, right? I mean, it's a how many shapes can you really make, right? But it's impossible for every company to make every different hook. So some of the reasons that you guys might buy one fly that has a Gamakatsu hook and one fly has an A-Rex hook is because the shape was right for what, for what I wanted it to do. The shape was right. And Gamakatsu and A-Rex, I mean, that's interchangeable quality. I mean, that's Mercedes and BMW, I guess. That's, that's, that's interchangeably good hooks. Um, so that's kind of what I look for is just a quality hook from a company like those, you know. It doesn't have to be one of the ones I trust, even Mustad makes some quality hooks, but I use a quality hook with the shape that I like. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I also try to do, maybe this is just me being a little little, you know, kind of crazy with my fly tying, is I really like to pair if I can. I won't I won't sacrifice this I won't sacrifice performance, but if I can, I love to pick a silver hook for a light colored fly and a dark hook for a bl- dark colored fly. So, a lot of my bait fish patterns, biggest, best example for you, the slim shaddy that we tie. I only sell it in one color, it's only sold in white. White, yeah. Silver hooks. Love the hooks on that fly, and I can get them in silver, and they're the right performance that I wanted. Love to have a silver hook on a white fly.
1: Fly racks. <laughs> Especially <laughs> right. if you're just using floating line and that's all you yeah. have. It's a great fit fly to fish yes, with floating line. It is. Anyways.
0: Um, but I do like to do that if I can. I won't sacrifice the performance or anything else. The performance is my number one. So yes, I mean, we were bull trout fishing. Well, we've been bull trout fishing multiple times now. Yeah. A lot of those flies don't come with silver hooks. They're they're black. Yeah. Is for that, for the awesome hooks that I like Day bud, silver. Or no, black. Black hook. Okay. Black, kind of that right. nickel, dark gray, whatever you want to call it. It's but it's a darker dark fly. It's a dark fly. It's got a dark dark hook.
1: And do they have that kind of, it's not, you know, symmetric. I don't know what he call it, but the fly on, or the hook almost comes off to the side a little bit. What's that called? A stinger, a stinger yeah, hook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They kind of have the, I've seen the, you use the, that on a lot of your streamers. Um,
0: yeah, some of my some of my rear hooks do have that stinger where it where it comes down and then the hook comes and the the hook is kind of bent from the shank. Yeah, Uh I do like those. Um Just kind of depends on on what the application is. Got it. And why would you use a shank hook versus a? Oh. A, a lot of times that would just be if you're using a stinger hook, that'd stinger be hook. Uh, one that you drop off the back of a fly. Um that's kinda hangs out behind the fly almost. For like a fish that's just gonna grab maybe the tail or behind it, articulated flies maybe. Mm-hmm. Um they'll just grab that little hook on the back. Just kinda I just like that little bit.
1: All right. Well I think I think we got enough about hooks. Yeah, I yeah. Yeah, I think that helps a know, lot, ho- especially hopefully so. The I think the shape the size, instead of just going in and buying a size 16 hook, at least it helps, especially me going in now, thinking, okay, what? Especially because there's jig hooks too, which are great for nymphs. That's a yeah. whole nother thing. I I love jig hooks for nymphs around where I'm fishing, because sure. they, you know, with the bead head, they sink and they don't bump on rocks as yeah. much. But I think the the big thing is just the big takeaway for that is paying attention to the shape. I like the shape, and not just the, not just a size 16 hook. You know, you can, you can, you can mix it up and, and get creative with it. Yeah. So I guess the next thing I want to go into is fly tying on the go, which is something that we utilize Mm -hmm. on our trips. And um, I guess one, is it worth it? And why do you think it's worth it? And how do you utilize fly tying on a, um, a longer trip when we're going to to fish a new fishery?
0: I mean, it's, it's worth it for me because I like, To be able to dial in the flies that I want to use, right? So, if you go into a fly shop and they tell you, hey, the blank is working. Okay, great. I'm obviously going to buy a few of them. I mean, if I ever go in a shop and someone gives me some intel, I'm going to buy whatever they, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not going to buy a Helios rod, but if they say that's working. But, you know, if he's like... My hey, rod, man, my rod yeah. will be good, too.
1: <laughs> Thank you, though. I appreciate
0: it. <laughs> my, my rod would be just fine. <laughs> I, I, I can use my rod. <laughs> uh, but, you know, if I ever go in a shop and the guys are like, hey, man, yeah, check out a couple Rainbow Warriors. You know, that's a good one for where kind of year-round. Or, yo, oh, yeah, chubbies are working. Oh, wow.
1: That's a, oh, really? Oh, wow. I can't <laughs> believe it. But,
0: you know, I always buy a few flies if I go in a fly shop. But, um. You know, one of the, one, uh, I mean, as far as you know, being on a trip, uh, I, I like to have the stuff with me. If I'm going to go somewhere that's, you know, more than a day, more, more than, you know, just a long weekend trip, I'm probably going to bring some fly tying stuff. I've got a small kit that I put to put together. It's got a, it's got, it's that vice that I told you guys to by the Renzetti traveler vice, just because it says traveler, that doesn't actually mean it's great to travel. <laughs> it's just their best vice. Um, I've got one of those. It's my beginner fly tying vice. It was the first like real vice that I bought. Um, they've kind of made some changes to it now and it's a lot better, but yeah. I still use just the original one that I had. um, and then I just I built kind of just a tool roll of some of the basic tools that I like to bring so that I can just have that packed in a separate bag. It doesn't take up much room. I mean, you know, you've seen a lot of times I'll put it in a box or I'll bring it in a bag and it's, you know, it's not yeah, that it's big. Not huge. So generally I have the room. Um, and then just kind of depending upon what I'm doing. I mean, I, I know, you know, you kind of have a little bit of idea. Okay, I'm going to Montana in the fall. I'm probably gonna streamer fish. I'm not gonna be throwing dries. So, I'm probably gonna have those five materials we listed from the streamer section earlier, and maybe just a few others in a few different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, I mean, it, and even then, you've seen in Canada, we if, if I'm going somewhere that has a fly shop, I'll go maybe buy a couple materials that I need, but then that's all I have to buy to be able to tie the exact fly that I'm thinking of. right? If you're going somewhere that has some fly shops.
1: Which which we did in Canada, which is cool. The and we kind of dialed it into what ended up being the A bud. Yeah. You know, which did well. So it's kinda cool.
0: Um and yeah, remember remember I bought Schloppen, the hackle kind of feathers while we were up there that I needed in that right color to get the A bud right. So um I mean, I think it's worth it if you're going on a long, I mean a week long trip, you know, if you have the room. If you don't have the room, I, you know, I guess it is just is what it is, but I'd probably just toss out whatever you didn't have room for your fly tying stuff in and, you know, I mean, how many pairs of underwear do you really need? You know what I'm saying? Like fly tying stuff so much more important than that. Oh, way more. I mean, you got wet wipes for a reason.
1: Right. You're going mean, to, you don't need to wear a new pair of underwear every day. No, uh-uh. That doesn't. I've started packing way less underwear. Yeah. That's another whole another podcast. You, you, but you pack like you're gonna shit yourself every day. We're out there. Yes, that's how I used to do it. I'll probably, you know, I'll change. I'll probably wear two different pairs of boxers throughout you the day. What?
0: But if I go a day without shit myself, that's a good day.
1: <laughs> that is a good day. Well, you just, you know. All right. Well, you, on you that didn't. note, we'll see you guys. Thanks for watching.
0: Give <laughs> um, the white wipes. I don't know. I if you've got the room for it, great. I mean, obviously, like I mean, when we went, I mean, I've flown, You know, we fished Patagonia a while back. I didn't bring fly tying stuff down there, but also I knew, you know, that I'd be able to get some flies and whatever. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're going somewhere that's got flies, I mean, when I go to Belize, I don't bring, I generally don't bring fly tying stuff. But you better believe if I'm if I'm if we're heading out on the short bus, I'm gonna have some fly tying stuff. We're yeah, heading yeah. out to. Montana to fish for a couple days. I'm going to have my fly tying stuff.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, just having, just kind of simplifying it. Yeah, like you said, some super really...
0: basic stuff
1: because then, you know, if
0: I've already got the vice, I've got the tools, I've got the whatever, and we're like, man, I need some of these hoppers that are small, but dang, I just need some good hooks on them. Right. Great. We run to the fly shop, we buy a hook, you know, we buy a bag of hooks for four bucks. And I've already got the tan foam and the wings and the rubber legs that I need to tie whatever hopper pattern maybe I could come up with that night. So I like to do it maybe even – and just even to think, you know, maybe you don't even bring the right – exactly the right stuff. But you could make a similar fly to what you want for a couple bucks by maybe one or two materials from a fly shop. Maybe you got to buy a pack of hooks and a different color foam or a different Mm -hmm. color – you know pheasant tail whatever yeah. right a different color flash maybe and you could dial in exactly what you want to fish so
1: i think it's good too on a if you're doing a trip like we just did in kind of in the backcountry where there aren't flash shops nearby yeah it's it's good to have i mean granted we didn't really tie any flies in this last trip but if we are going somewhere like we did last year with the short yeah. bus and you're not gonna not going to be near a fly shop, it would be maybe smart to bring some extra stuff Yep. depending on how much you tied beforehand.
0: Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Is how, how much did you tie beforehand? Because if you're bringing six Ziploc bags of flies with you, I mean, do you really need to bring
1: it? No. Those are the best fly boxes out there. Oh, blue line fly box. You need to check them out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, but, I mean, if you're bringing a bazillion flies with you, then no, don't bring your fly tying stuff. But I I was not, I I mean, for a lot of those trips, I was too busy leading up to the trip, getting the things ready to go on the trip. Right. I mean, I was, you know, I spend, we were talking about it earlier today, I spend roughly two weeks before these short bus trips, getting all the stuff in the bus and separate, you know, organized and set up. And, you know, I've got so much stuff to do before a lot of these trips that I can't sit there and tie for a week straight. And I've got, you know, I'm still running this business and all this other stuff that I've got to do and answering all of y'all's emails and Instagram stuff. And I can't tie as much as I need to for some of these. So, uh, you know, I tie maybe two or three of the patterns that I want to tie. And then you find one that's good on the second day. I mean, how many flies does, I mean, two flies may not last you very long. And what if that's just the fly that was on? Right, so that's why I like to have the ability to be able to tie some stuff.
1: Yeah, it's good to have it just in case, like you're saying.
0: Yeah, if you're, but I mean, yeah, it's a great point. If you're able to sit down and just spin up a bunch of different flies and be able to bring a lot of flies with you, then awesome. Mm -hmm. Right, but if you're not, and you're going somewhere that doesn't have fly shops, and you're three miles in the back country, or three hours down a dirt road in the back country, and you're six hours from a town that has a fly shop. Well, you might ought to bring some fly tying stuff with you if yeah. you know how to do it.
1: You lose that one chubby. Whoop. Well, that's poor planning on your hope, part. I hope first another chubby. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Different color chubby.
1: Well, I'm I'm definitely excited to kind of see the get get to and hopefully get to tie some on the upcoming trip with the the new. Oh, I'm spinning bugs f- on the fly tying station. I don't know if I'm bringing flies. It's, I'm just gonna dude. It's it's so. It's so much better than what we have. I'm just hanging out in the fly tying station all, I just can't wait day. for the people to see. Even at the brewery night, I think I'm just going to be tying the flies. Yeah. It's, it's not even a tour of the bus. It's come watch Adam tie flies in, only like, in the bus.
0: Only like two people could stand behind me and watch me tie flies <laughs> <I know. laughs> with, the, with the amount of room that there is. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so but. what do you think is the biggest misconception about fly tying? And this could be from Mm. when you started to now to what you think maybe people, misconceptions that people have getting into it now. Or, can I do two? Yeah. Because I have two. Yeah. Do two.
0: That it's cheaper than buying flies (laughs) because it is not. It is not cheaper to tie your own flies. And the other one is that it's like, that the flies that you tie are not as good as the ones that you see on Instagram or the ones that you see that you buy from the shop or whatever. Those are the two. We break both of them down, but uh, it is not cheaper to to tie flies than it is to buy them. If you, I mean, a vice costs a hundred bucks, your tools cost 50, 50 bucks. Your materials. If, if, if you took the vice and the tools out of it, maybe we could start getting somewhere. But, I mean, the majority of you guys, I mean, how many flies could you buy for 150 bucks? Quite a bit. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of chubbies or a lot of whatevers. But, you know, just. It's not the, drastically different no. than
1: buying flies from a shop. No. But I think the alternative is you do get to fine-tune. You get to tune the flies. Yes. And you get to tie flies in colors that
0: they don't come in, and mm-hmm. sizes they don't come in, with different and probably better hooks than they come in, unless you bought them for BlueLineFlies.com <laughs> And uh, you know, just some different, you know, some different things. You get to put your own spin on them. Right. That's what you get to do. That's the pro. The pro isn't. I'm just going to save a shitload of money by tying all my own flies. Sure.
1: If thread you, midges. If you just tie thread if midges, you just
0: tied yes. zebra midges great but you're not going to I, I don't know you might you specifically that I'm hey, talking people, to right I, know, now, I know some
1: people that only tie midges you so. then great then those people can <laughs> yeah
0: but if you I mean I how many thousands of dollars of tying materials do I have that are not flies yet you know it's incredible but on the flip side I can also walk in my basement and if you said hey I want you to tie a fly I could probably just go downstairs and tie it. I'm yeah, like going to need to go to a fly shop and tie it to tie anything that I want to fish because I have all my favorite materials in all my favorite colors. If you said, yeah, I need you to tie a neon blue Sculperino, well, I could almost do that. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's not, I, I'd have part of it. But, you know, it, it, the amount of stuff that you're going to buy for fly tying does not save you money. Because you're not going to just buy the stuff that you need to tie. Um, so I heard that a lot. If, if that's the reason you want to get into fly tying, do not do it. Just go buy your flies. But if you want to be able to put your personal spin, your personal take, uh, and, and you think that would be fun and rewarding and something to do. I know a lot of people like in the Midwest too, maybe, they tie a lot through the winters because there's not a lot of fishing. It's at, at yep. c- certain places, maybe you don't have a lot of fishing. I know like smallmouth for me just turns off like I don't fish late fall to early spring I just don't fish for smallmouth I focused on trout I focused on a lot of other stuff but (laughs) slopes but I mean if you're not I mean you know if if you live somewhere that your fishery just doesn't really exist in the winter then man maybe you kind of turn this summer long hobby into a year long hobby right Um, if that's the reason you want to get into it great but do not get into it. I don't think you should get into it to save money unless you have the willpower to buy a relatively cheap vice and you want to just spin zebra midges yeah, yeah. in like three colors. Great.
1: And then your second one was um,
0: My second one was the flies that you make are not as good as what you see on Instagram or whatever. Uh, there's definitely a saying in, and I mean, this is true that... A, uh, so you're familiar with a hair's ear nymph, real just buggy yep. looking attractor nymph pattern. Hair's ear nymphs tied by beginners catch more fish than hair's ear nymphs that you buy from a professional fly tiger, right? How true all that is, you know, but like it's definitely a saying in fly tying because they're not consecutive wraps they're not tapered perfectly and they're not you know exactly symmetrical because what what our mind's eye thinks looks good right it's symmetry and you know the taper how it gets you know thin at the bottom of the fly and gets thicker up towards the top and you know it looks perfect from the top or the side but Uh, You know, a beginner one might have some crisscrossed thread wraps that aren't, you know, boom, 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 you know, lined up perfectly. Um, And if you look at some, you know, kind of messed up bugs that are floating down the river, they're probably not perfectly symmetrical and perfectly tapered. And, you know, the stuff that you think looks good to you is may not be what looks good to a fish, right? So beginner flies, fish them. Take your flies and fish them. I know, I mean, obviously, there's a really big thing. And the reason people don't is because there's a big thing with confidence flies, right? You, you, you go bull trout fishing, you put on an A bud or a Mimaw, that's a confidence fly for us, right. right? Like, we've done well on them. We know those flies work. We're like, all right, great. Here yeah. we go. MIMAW. If they're not going to eat this, they're not going to eat anything. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got, you just got confidence in it. Sculperino is one of my confidence flies. If I try some other stuff and it's not working, we freak. Sculperino, <laughs> Madison Sculpins, another one, right? Like you got your confidence flies. If you're not confident in a fly, you might not fish it as good. Um, and there, and I definitely, it being from my guiding days, I, I really think that's a thing. But be confident in the stuff that you tie as a beginner. Do not compare it to the stuff that you see on Instagram, to the stuff that you see fly companies putting out. A lot uh, some of the flies I mean I'm I, a lot of the stuff we sell I I use myself. I mean, that's the stuff. I mean, you've seen our fly boxes, you've gone fishing with me plenty of times and I tie on a company fly. And it's not for the videos. Like that's just the fly that I think we need to tie on. Yeah. But you know, you see a uh, a lot of that stuff is just really like that's what that's what i think is going to work but you know also a lot of the stuff that we sell we have to it has to look good or else people won't buy it cuz i i can't sell a fly that is asymmetrical people do not like asymmetrical things right it's it's got your brain is like oh, it's got to yeah, be yeah you got to get away from that yeah it's got to be
1: this and it's got to it's got to taper right and it's got to look right and maybe if you are but, a tire who's like if so to say a veteran tire who's been doing it for a while, maybe you know because you get so accustomed to trying to have the perfect tie. Mm-hmm. It's got to look symmetrical. It's got to look really good. But maybe you met you mix it up and you just have some stuff that looks a little janky. You tie some just junk. Yeah, that's <laughs> so.
0: And it might work. I mean, that's the reason. I'm not saying that you should do this if you're under the age of 21. But if you just would go buy a bottle of Jack Daniels and put it on your fly tying desk. <laughs> Yo, you what? You start out that evening and your flies, like, they just get really good. And they're like super symmetrical, super tapered. And you're like, <laughs> God, I really love that. And then you start drinking more of that ball of Jack Daniels. And by the end of it, they look like those beginner hare's ears that catch fish. <laughs> you're just thread wraps are going everywhere. And you're just having a great time. And then
1: you and- find out on the river, the ones towards the end of the night are slang. <laughs> <laughs> those are the bugs that are working.
0: They're also falling apart because you forgot to whip fish. <laughs> You didn't add any
1: Smith. They're missing the legs and the flash.
0: <laughs> I, uh, um, I love it. No, yeah, it's but some of the no. best
1: flies come up are are, are made because of that. It's that method. That's all I'm saying. That all I'm saying. We're not encouraging. No, that don't do lifestyle. That. Do not. But if that is something that you already <laughs> indulge in, give it a shot. Give it a shot. Give it a shot. Let <laughs> me let me know. know I guess. So lastly, to close this out because I think we've covered a ton of stuff, and obviously we could go into so much of the nitty-gritty stuff that i would just have no I tried to keep it a little
0: higher level for you guys a
1: little little more up here without yeah, deep you. diving I into, the, I would into have been all lost. of it. <laughs> well, we'll definitely do more and you guys definitely let us know what questions you have from this and if you want us to dive deeper into other topics. I
0: still think a Q&A where we do where we ask the audience a Q&A fly tying series. Yeah. I still think that would be fun. We'll we should do, do that. We'll
1: definitely do that. But what would you say has, through your fly tying career has been the biggest breakthrough and the biggest thing that you've, you know, biggest like light bulb moment that has kind of helped your tying, whether that be just in, you know, efficiency or creativity and creating more flies or just for it all to make sense. What has been the biggest breakthrough light bulb moment?
0: I don't know if I had exactly what you're talking about. I think it kind of gradually, came came up to where all of a sudden I just realized my confidence flies were my flies. I think that was the biggest moment that was just like boom was when the first thing that I wanted to tie on was a fly that I made. And that became my con- we you know we just I just mentioned confidence flies, right? I'm, I know you have confidence flies. You go to a cutthroat stream where you get tie on a chubby. Yep. It's confidence, right? like a that black and purple oh, like, dude, <laughs> like oh. a size 6 with black and purple chubby. I don't like, need anything
1: else. I don't go, even need a fly box. Yeah. <laughs> I don't
0: even need a fly box. I just need like four one of those.
1: One of those and 3x I'm good. <laughs> All right guys, see you. Later.
0: See ya. No, I don't need sorry Sims, I don't actually need to bring that pack today. <laughs> <laughs> I just got I just got this one fly, we're set. <laughs> Worry about it. Um pro tip save money by just, <laughs> just just liking one fly <laughs>
1: just have one and you fly. don't
0: have to buy a buy a pack anymore khaki cat, baby <laughs> um no it, i mean i think to me it was uh, it was that i because i used to do that i mean that's personal experience coming from you guys on the misconception part that you know i used to look at my flies and be like, man that doesn't look anything like what you could buy out of the orvis catalog or out off cabela's you know catalog of course back then i was looking at the of flies. Dated yourself. Yeah, I just dated myself. Sorry about that. Or, you know, you go in a fly shop and you look at the stuff at, you know, some of these fly shops that I used to go in and I was like, man, mine do not look anything like that. Yeah. And it was just a light switch that so like I, I tied enough flies. Um that it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I really like this fly. We're gonna try it. And then I started catching fish on the flies that I caught and I was like Dang, that's so cool. And just really started snowballing. So I don't know if there was really just a one thing that I did. I couldn't tell you guys, you know, go out there and just do this one thing. And all of a sudden, you'll love your flies and it'll just click for you. But I I guess I just did it enough. I tied enough flies that I was replicating for the first little while. All I did was replicate everybody else's flies that I thought worked or stuff that I had bought from fly shops that worked. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I just, I was, I was coming I was like tying some of that stuff and I started fishing it. And I was like, dang, I, I like, I, I want to go. And the first thing I'm going to tie on is this new fly that I came out with or that I just designed or
1: made yeah. yeah. Or
0: this, the first thing that I want to do is tie on one of my flies. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the moment that I was like, you know what, this is this is it right here. So, so just
1: having confidence in your own ties, even I, I no matter it. what
0: level you're at, pretty much. I think that's it. There's still flies. I mean, I fish some chubbies that I didn't tie myself. Oh. Even though sure. I just put out for a video sure. of how to tie a chubby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you know i still I still buy a lot of flies i I mostly that's my fault because I'm too busy to tie every chubby that i ever in every color that I ever wanted to fish, but right. you know I think there's and that's also not my specialty, but mm-hmm. you know i think I think that's it just tie enough flies and give them a shot before you you know kind of put judgment on yourself of. You know, man, my fly's not as good as what I could buy over it. You know, yeah. my, at Do South Outfitters. You know, those guys got all the coolest flies. Right, but you know, sometimes you just got to try that stuff and see what it does. Um, but yeah, once my stuff kind of became my confidence flies, I, I feel like that was a really big turning point for me. When I was like, you know what, I'm just going to start mostly tying my own stuff. Yeah, and then and then it, and then that's when it really started to transition from. I'm going to tie elk care caddises to, okay, I'm going to look at a picture of a caddis, and I'm going to start experimenting. And that's the thing, that's the biggest thing, I don't know, that'll be my takeaway. That's the biggest thing for me that I love about it. We talked earlier in our recent trip about how everything's a puzzle that you're trying to fit together and put together to catch this one fish or to catch this fish that you're after to target these different fish or whatever. Right. It's every everywhere you go is a puzzle that you're trying to piece together. For me, fly tying is an extra piece of the puzzle that I love to just try to fit in there that really is rewarding when it works. Right. Yeah. You know, you could, yeah, sure. You go buy some chubbies and they just work, but it's so cool to, you know, sit down and be like, man, I they're eating this weird grass, this tan or oh no, we're, we're, like this brown grasshopper that we saw. Right, we saw some grasshoppers that were a little different color. This yeah, trip, yeah. oh, I didn't have anything in my box that was that color. We didn't throw anything that matched that. Yeah, but that'd be so cool, right? If that place wasn't you know twelve hours from here, great. I'd love to go t- go downstairs right now, tie a fly that yeah. could match it. But right. I think that's just the coolest thing for me. Is just it's an extra piece of a puzzle that you kind of get to fit together that you can fine-tune that puzzle piece to be like, yeah,
1: that's it right there. Right, and then it clicks, and then
0: it's just so rewarding. It's so rewarding. I mean, coming up with these trips, planning these trips, finding these trips, and then finally getting Bryant on that bull trout. I mean, that yeah. stuff's so rewarding that i like like – that's what kind of keeps me coming back, and that's just an, an extra element of it with the fly tying portion that I just – I, it's just addictive to me.
1: It's so exciting, dude. And, it,
0: and if and if you don't like to tie... If that's if that doesn't like get you jazzed, then you don't need to tie flies. Just don't then. Just go buy them. Yeah.
1: Because
0: there's so many good flies on the market that you don't need to tie your own. Yeah. It's just if that aspect interests you, then you should.
1: Yeah. What I think is really cool, that was really good advice. I think Gray would close it out. But I think what's really cool is a lot of the, our viewers of the podcast will actually be listening and watching the podcast while tying which is so cool Mm -hmm. and so if you've been tying this whole time hopefully this you got some inspiration and uh maybe are going out trying something new or you know hopefully learned a new technique or just learned something from your process and how you operate because i think like with anything in (laughs) fly fishing what (laughs) I'm, I'm so sorry. I just thought of the fact that I said that,
0: you know, while I'm tying flies, I like to pull up a picture of a fly and have it all up. We need to do a video one day where you just walk up and I'm tying flies. You know, like, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, just tying squirmy worms and I just have pictures <laughs> of just worms it's on just the screen. <laughs> <laughs> or like, tying some egg patterns is just pictures of eggs. You're like, what are you doing? No, that one's a little oranger than this one. I'm, I'm sorry. I totally, blend. I totally ruined that. But I just thought of it's okay. Thought of how I said that nice little tidbit, yeah. which I do with <laughs> like a caddis or whatever. But you just walk in. This is a picture of a worm. It's just a worm. <laughs> Google or images worm. Why are you looking at a this mop,
1: is, Adam? What What does that have to do with fly tying? I can make a fly out of that. <laughs> <fly> out of, <laughs> that'll wreck some fish. <laughs> that, mop would, <laughs> that mop would. That mop would. That mop would clean up on the South
0: Holston <laughs> 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 all right next I, video idea that's that's coming to you guys
1: later I, I I don't really know what I was saying hopefully you guys learned <laughs> something from this drew some inspiration I know I definitely learned a lot and uh, hopefully I can apply that to my fly tying but make sure that you guys go over blue line has been uh, really taking the YouTube stuff seriously. They've got a bunch of videos coming out every, like, oh, almost every single week. Right? I, I, we've been trying
0: to post one every Friday. At least we have been recently. Um, we've got quite a few that we've got stored up. So mm-hmm. hopefully, even this winter, uh, we plan to kind of switch more into fly tying and less outside. Yeah. But uh, yeah, trying to trying to post one every Friday hasn't
1: hasn't happened
0: every Friday, but it's been close.
1: Yeah, y'all are killing it though. There are already some really good fly tying videos that you guys have done. And um, there's going to be definitely a lot more. So if you guys are interested in that and you want to learn and you want to watch some of their stuff, go subscribe to their channel. It's just Blue Line Co on yeah. YouTube. Just search
0: that or Google that, whatever. It'll pop up. Yeah, you'll
1: you're smart enough. You'll figure that out. And uh, yeah, that's that's going to do it for us here. I gotta catch a flight at six in the morning, so I gotta. We got some steaks. We gotta eat. We gotta get some steaks we got on a the grill. Pizza steaks on the grill right now. It's gonna be good. And we appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll see you guys later. And uh, take it easy mic drop yeah